Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. We receive your love. That was a crazy week, crazy month, crazy year, whatever it is, crazy situation. We receive you. In these few moments this morning, we receive you, Jesus. we thank you for all that you're doing in and through our lives but we receive you your presence we receive your freedom we receive your grace your love we receive your anointing we receive you we receive the king of kings and the lord of lords so right now lord We thank you, Lord, that you bring a peace that surpasses all understanding. You bring a victory in any battle. And Lord, we receive that this morning. And Lord, as we open the Word of God, may it help us, may it grow us, may it sharpen us, may it change us, may it mold us. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and speak into our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen, amen. Give the Lord a clap of praise. He's a good God. Grab yourselves a seat. Thank you, awesome worship team. Everyone's looking good this morning on this long weekend. Everyone's like, long weekend? It's a long weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's for all the important people who live in Otago. Anyway, hey, welcome to church this morning. It is so great to have you here, especially if you are visiting. Um, As Tammy said earlier, we'd love to connect with you, and and I know you grabbed that chocolate and that connection card, but yeah, fill it out. Come and say hi to us at the connection area after the church. Hang around, grab some hospitality. And um, yeah, love to love to get to know you. And so, welcome to church this morning. Um, who I was, Desiree and I were, were away last uh, Sunday morning, and Desiree was ministering in, in the Potidua Church up in Wellington, and so we were unable to be here um, just to celebrate how good it was to come together uh, across Dunedin at Open Heaven to pray, to praise, pray, and worship Jesus. How good was that, coming together? And, you know, people say, oh, we need to do this all the time. It's like, yeah, well, there's nothing holding us back. And in fact, we actually do it all the time, the first Monday of every month. And so um, I want to plug, it was great to meet as churches, but um, one of the things we do believe in in the life of the church is the power of prayer. And uh, we we just ask, hey, you know, life is busy, there's lots of things. But as uh, in, in the life of the church, I know you might be involved in the worship team. They meet together because they, they, they need to and they're good. Or they don't, yeah, well, you, you know what I mean. It was great to have a little bit of organization on a Sunday. Um, there's not too many other teams that meet together outside of a Sunday to practice. But one of the things we just say, hey, in the life of the church, um, if you want to know what's going on um, and want to be part of carrying the vision of the life of the church. Come along and pray 
together with us on the first Monday of every month. You know, we, we didn't do it in, back in February because of Waitangi Day, and then we didn't do it in March because the, it was Monday, then Thursday was open heaven. But we are starting again in April, and uh, we would love it if you were there to come and pray together. And we just share a bit of culture around the life of the church as well. Is that cool? So um, I'd love to see you there. Um, this is our final, final Sunday of the Commission series. Hopefully it's been something that people have, uh, how God's been stirring in your heart. Who's, uh, who's been filling out the commissioned booklet and going through that? All right, we're going to order none next year, all right? Uh, no, hopefully they've been helpful. Um, but, um, you know, it's just been great to be able to go along and just what is it to be commissioned? What is God? Why did God call you? Why did God call me? What are the, why, do, why am I needed in the life of the church? Why are you needed in the life of the church? Why are we needed in Dunedin City? Why, why, and because of the grace and the giftings. And we shared a little bit, and I'm not going to backtrack over all of it, but we have been charged. We've been anointed by God. Yeah. He has released the authority of the Holy Spirit and to minister in and through your life. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings has released His anointing, His power that has raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. It lives in me as well. And as we commission and as there's an agreement with our spirit and the Holy Spirit, God can do infinitely more than we could ever believe or ask through the power of God working in us. That's something amazing. I think it's great to be reminded of that. Great to be reminded of it. We also learned about what it was to... What is a disciple really? A disciple is a, is a follower of, of a teacher. It's, not, it's, not like, it's sort, of like they do, sort of like do an apprenticeship, but then they actually become, uh, uh, they imitate or they outwork the teacher and the way that they have been taught. And so, um, you know, as, as Jesus had his disciples, the disciples, their job was to then go and imitate Jesus. And that's what we learned a little bit about being a disciple, and, and we learned that disciples um, are a follower of Jesus. Uh, we're not perfect, but we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We have acknowledged Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's the first thing to become a follower of Jesus, to acknowledge Him. We learned that it's not, we're not, um, we, we can make mistakes, but we learn from the mistakes. Peter made mistakes, but he learned from his mistakes, right? Just like, have you ever made a mistake? Yes. Have I made mistakes? Hundreds. Don't have to remind me of them. Uh, but hopefully I'm learning from them. That was the appropriate. <laughs> they will respond. Um, they, will, sorry, they will reproduce. Hopefully as followers and disciples of Christ, we're, we're reproducing the love of God outside of our lives and um, and we've been examples uh, to people that are around us. So I want to talk this morning about, it says here, is to go, uh, and we're on a commission or we've been commissioned to teach. Who likes teaching? Shout out to all the teachers, especially those from our nation. Thursday had the day off. Uh, two, two proclaimed their, I'm just going to stop talking. I just felt, I felt a hole and a chasm, and I was on the edge of it. But I esteem, I do very much esteem many work 
professions, including teachers and nurses, I think they, anyway, we're not political from the platform. Um, but I, I believe this morning, it's about going to teach, going to teach. What does it mean to go and teach? I mean, I'm, I'm sort of confident as a builder to teach an apprentice. I shared last week or the week before how not to teach apprentices. And I had to learn through that struggle of how I was taught in his apprenticeship and as a disciple. And then I reproduced the same thing, which was a negative thing. But now we're being commissioned to go and teach. We've been commissioned to go and help people learn how to follow Jesus. I don't know about you, but that seems crazy. That seems daunting. How do I teach someone to follow the Savior of the world, to be the Savior of the world. But, and so I want to change it just a little bit to a, to a word in a, in a minute. But who, whoever remembers going to school? Yeah, a few people remember going to school. Sorry for the long, inappropriate pause there. Um, uh, I was like, but um, there, was, there was this time generally around primary school. You didn't really do it at high school. But there was this great time where it was called show and tell. Anyone, anyone show and tell. And so if you're brave enough this morning, I'm a little bit of crowd participation. Um, what was the like most abstract thing that you or anyone brought to show and tell? Yell it out. Your pet rock? Okay, that's awesome. No one else brave enough? I don't know, but we brought these things to show and tell. Obviously, it was a really um, important time of school because no one can remember anything. It was a wee while ago, right? Teeth. Oh, oh I lost my tooth. Here it is. A show, and now these days it's accompanied with a $20 note, um, how inflation has worked for the tooth fairy. But, but really, really what to teach something is, to, is actually to show. And, and I really believe in the biblical context of it's, it's about learning how to show and, and tell about who Jesus is in our lives. Um, you know, and, and I want to ask another question this morning. Um, who's, into, who's into board games? Who's into, uh, who's competitive around board games and all that sort of stuff? Everyone, keep your hand up. Kale is. Other people, if you're at home, you are. Stop playing chess. You should be listening to the message. Um, but like a lot of the times where like games and all that sort of stuff, wouldn't it be great if you knew the three cars at the end of Cluedo before you started playing the game? Wouldn't it be great? You knew that it was going to be in the kitchen with the dagger. Oh, deep, we're going deep, dark, dark this morning. Uh, and, the dagger, and, and, and it was Colonel Mustard. Any, it's always Colonel Mustard. All right. There's a bit of... Bit of Bit of crowd participation down here is good. It's good. Feel free to shout out your uh, your things at the back. But um, here's the thing: is like a lot of the times we have these strategy games. You know, wouldn't it be great to know which where's the where is the longest road going to be easily easily built in Settlers of Catan? Any okay? I was a few people. I'm losing a whole lot of other people. Um, what deals to make in Monopoly? Come on, I think I've I've pulled you all back in just a little bit. Um, you know, <laughs> flip it. <laughs> that's the that's the ultimate deal, is to, to be the banker, swindle from the bank. Yeah, okay. 
I've just learned who not to play games with here. <laughs> but um, I talk about that this morning because we've actually been given the three cards. We, in, in life, in, in what Jesus has done for us, we've been given the way, we've been given the strategy to win the battle. And Tammy talked this morning about the, the battles being won. The, 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 the ultimate battle uh, between good and evil has been won. We are living in a period of time that, that the, the, the devil is allowed to, to reign uh, around the place, face of the planet. But we know that there's a strategy and we've been given it and we know that Jesus has won. We know this because it says in Galatians, I think it is, uh, in the Bible, it says in the Bible that he publicly disarmed and shamed the enemy. We know that he has won, but we're living right now, we're outworking the strategy. We know that he's won, but we're still living, a, we have to outwork a strategy. You can't just sit back and relax. I want to share a couple of the bits of strategy that leads to a place of winning, that leads to a place of victory today. Maybe you've already written them down in your Bible and in your notes but I want to refresh you this morning. In Revelations chapter 12, there's a period of, there's a whole lot of information here that talking about the battles and there's imagery and all sorts of stuff going on and, and this is what's happening and this is what's going on. But then it says this in verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of, the, of our brothers and sisters, he has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him. They have won a victory. They have done it by getting the longest road card. No, they have done it by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not live their lives so much that they would be afraid to die. I want to I just say, how do we teach people? How do we show people? We show people how to live by faith. We show people how to live by teaching them that we have won a victory. Even though you might be going through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Why? Because we know the strategy. We know that Jesus has won. We know that Jesus has won. I pray this morning, you have it in your spirit. Jesus has won. There's nothing else to do. Read your, read your Bible a little bit more. Uh, under, underline some stuff. Journal it. Jesus has won. The victory has been won. And Jesus has done his part. He's done his part. But he did a part. Because there's two things here. See, a lot of the times we leave it up to Jesus. We just think Jesus has won. And we, He has won. And He is going to win. And we can't make a change on that. We're not going to change history on it. But it says, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. I want to encourage you this morning that we have a part to play in the battle. What is it? We know that Jesus has won. And I pray that there's a confidence in your spirit that Jesus has won. But then how do we keep winning the battle is by 
our testimony. It's by our testimony. Jesus is won by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, our testimony. Um, We live up Highcliffe Road and and on a nice, calm, just pretty much what it's been for the last three months, (laughs) a nice, nice, calm day, sun's beating down, 20-odd degrees, we, we journey up Highcliffe Road and, you know, our windows are down because it's warm and uh, we drive past a certain point on Highcliffe, Highcliffe Road and, and um, I'm like, I, I automatically turn around and I blame one of our kids. I'm never going to blame Desiree because she just doesn't do that. Uh, I'm always going to blame, but we drive past a pig farm. Has anyone driven past the, a pig farm on a yeah. still day? Yeah. Whew, man, that's, that stinketh a lot. <laughs> and, and then what happens is we keep on driving. And we're like, I got to wind the windows down even more. And get the fans are on. And um, we keep driving. We're like Sometimes that smell can last until we get home. Like a good couple of k's down the road. I'm like, that stinks. Have you, have you ever had to go through something that stinks? A little bit like the, you know, when you have to walk into farmers and run the gauntlet through the perfume section. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? It's like you walk into the front doors and like, Phew! it's like a fire alarm. You've got to drop down to the ground, crawl through it. You're like, far out. This place, amazing, you know. Individually, I reckon some of those perfumes will be beautiful. Combined as one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why am I talking about this? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. But thank God, He has made us His captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. Like a sweet perfume, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. I haven't got time to explain that scripture, but I want you to think about the fragrance that you that you that you carry, uh, the fragrance of your life. Now, automatically, you're probably thinking it stinketh because of all the things that you're still battling and you're still walking through. You're still finding, finding God's grace in them. But that's what the devil wants, isn't it? Man, what about the fragrance of your salvation? What about the fragrance of what's already happened and turned and changed in your heart? How, how are you more patient now? How are you more kind? How are you more loving? How are you more generous? You're doing these things. There's a great fragrance that is coming from your life. This is how we teach. This is how we show people how to live your life. Is that there's a fragrance coming out of your life, and I pray there's a fragrance of generosity. I pray there's a fragrance of love and of kindness. You know, the greatest, I reckon, one of the most beautifulest, if that's the right word, fragrance that could ever come from a 
A human life is the fragrance of forgiveness. How often do we stinketh of unforgiveness? But man, let the fragrance of forgiveness roll off your life. Because you become attractive when the right fragrance is coming off your life. I want to encourage you to show, is to know the strategy. And the strategy is that Jesus' blood has won the victory. But then we have a testimony. You know, how do you, how do you admit your fragrance? Tell your testimony. Just share your testimony. Might, might be a testimony of your salvation, of how Jesus picked you up out of the miry clay. It might be a testimony of how, how Jesus led you through an illness or a sickness. It might be a testimony of how, how financially you had to stay faithful, trusting, giving to God. These are all fragrances that come off our lives and we show who God is in our life. You know, in, in, in Luke chapter 21, there's, a, there's, there's, there's the story, and I want to get down to Luke uh, verses 13, but I was reading through it at this beginning, and it says this. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped into two small coins. I tell you this, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all, she, all of the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. I'm not talking about giving. I'm just talking about, man, what's the difference in fragrance? There was a fragrance that came off her life because of the decision that she made. Come on, let's let the fragrance of grace, let the fragrance of love, let the fragrance of generosity come off your life. It goes on and... There's another discussion here about what's going to happen near the end of, near the times that Jesus is going to come back. And, and, and it is going to, it's going to be a bit of an interesting time, definitely. But it says this in verse 12, but before this all occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. Verse 13, but... This will be your opportunity to tell them about me. <laughs> Who loves that? Hey, there's going to be a whole lot of hard times. You're going to be dragged. You're going to be put up to the display here. But, but, but there's an opportunity for a fragrance to come off you. There's an opportunity for you to tell, tell people about me. This is, this is the word of Jesus. But don't worry. Uh, who, who loves it that when there's a but, there's a don't worry? So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. What a great scripture. What a great scripture. But here's the thing is that's the anointing of God. That's the charge of God. Going back to what we talked about earlier in the series, you've got to know that God is with you. He's with you. He's anointed you. He's charged you. He's appointed you. He's called you. And sometimes you get nervous. I don't know how to respond. I don't know how I'm going to say the right things here. Don't worry. For, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. You know you have that person at work where God says, hey, why don't you just go and talk to them? And you're like stuck. 
you're like, I can say hello, but what do I say after that? Well, don't worry. Could you step out in faith and go, okay, Lord, I'm going to go and talk to this person. I don't know what to say. And here's the thing. What's going to happen is the Lord's going to anoint you. He's going to give you words. There's a fragrance going to come off your life. And you'll testify about the goodness of God. And a battle has been won in that person's life. Because Jesus has died and he's risen again, but now someone else has come along and the testimony of Christ. No one can refute your testimony. No one can refute that word. What he's done in your life. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. I don't want to shout it out this morning. I don't need to get hyped up. What I need it to do is I need it to settle and be authoritative in your heart. And in your spirit, there is power in the name of Jesus. You've been anointed. You've been called by God. You carry a sweet aroma. Next, next one is in, in Matthew chapter 10. As Jesus sends out the 12 apostles. Don't you like the big words in the Bible? Let me help you out. Jesus sends out 12 people. Ah, that's the uh, limited edition, not the amplified edition. <laughs> Jesus called his disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of diseases and illnesses. This is what Jesus gave to the disciples. It's like if you were a man, mechanic. Jesus comes along with the greatest snap-on toolkit ever possible. And he's like, here you go, mechanic, take all these tools with you. Maybe you're a chef. He comes along, he gives, us, gives you the nicest set of knives and, well, and recipe books. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, um, he, he's, he's given you everything that you need. And this is spiritual authority. And, and there's, there's like, okay, so now go. Every kind of illness, every disease. And here are the names of the 12 people. First, Simon, also called Peter, then Andrew, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James' brother. It's like, you've got you to be smart to figure all that out. Um, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Theodos, and Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. This is a specific period of time when he was discipling the disciples. Um, and he says this, But go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Right, who's up for it? <laughs> Anyone? I'll, I'll pray. I'm, like, I'm pretty I'm confident. I'll pray for all the people with headaches. Anyone else who wants to pray for all the people with headaches? Let, let's be honest. Let's be real. Yeah. That's a intimidating. That's yeah. intimidating. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that go and announce to them the kingdom of heaven. Heal the sick. I, I can, I'm up. Like I don't know if there's rankings or what. <laughs> I can. I I will pray for the sick. I have seen people healed in Jesus' name. Wow. I'm stuck on level one. I haven't raised anyone from the dead yet. Not being sarcastic. That's intimidating to me. 
cure those with leprosy. Well, I've, I've, the modern day leprosy, you could say, is cancer. I've seen people healed from cancer in Jesus' name. I've seen people. Unfortunately, I've also seen people not healed of cancer. Um, cast out demons. Yeah, I've, we've seen that. Does anyone want to come on the trip to India? We had an interesting situation. It was all good because there's power in the name of Jesus. But, but, but this is an intimidating list of requests that Jesus says to go and do, but he's not asking them anything he hasn't shown them to do. Lazarus, come out. And, and it's just something that we go on this journey with going, okay, God, speak to my heart. But I want to tell you, I think the answer is in the Scripture. The answer is, is, is in, in the Scripture because the last part, which some people miss, it says, give as freely as you have received. Is that up there? Whoa. It says, give as freely as you received. What is that saying? Tell them about what God has done in your life. Tell them about what Jesus has done in your life. Give as free, you can, only, you can give as what, it, what you've received. So again, you're bringing a fragrance into that situation. It's not a coincidence that you'll come across someone and you'll be like, oh yeah. I remember going through a real similar situation. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. And we've, Desiree and I have been leading churches, the Marston Church and the Eden Church for uh, over 15 years now. And um, we're still lots to learn. But man, there's, there's been a whole lot of coincidences. Godly coincidences. They're not coincidences. You know, walking with people who have been hurt, walking with people who have had challenges, walking with people that have lost loved ones, walking with people that are believing for jobs, walking with people trying to figure out faith, figure out what's this, what's that, trying to understand what's going on. It's a lot of the stuff that we've walked through. And it's give as freely as you have received. Come on, can you just remember, just think of the things that you've received right now from God. Because they're the things that you can give over. I know there's testimonies in this room where people have been raised from the dead. I'm not putting any pressure on you to go and do the same, but well, maybe some of the things that you've gone through are there so that you can give as freely as you have received. There's a fragrance that is coming off your life. Six days before the Passover celebration, out of John chapter 12, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. Wiping his feet with her hair, the house was filled with a fragrance. What is she doing? She's giving as freely as she received. Mary saw 
Lazarus rose from the dead. And so that in turn made her do something, bring a level of worship, bring a level of praise, bring a fragrance out of her life that she wanted to bless Jesus. This is not about giving. This is not about offering. This is about giving as freely as what you've received. Come on, what's Jesus done in your life? Worship team, you guys can jump up. That'd be great. Thank you. Come on. We win the victory. We win a victory by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of our hearts. You've got a testimony. Everyone in this room has a testimony. You've got a testimony, hopefully, of your salvation. If you've never declared Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, never accepted His sacrifice on the cross, in a few moments, I'm actually going to give an invitation and I'm going to pray for anyone who wants to ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. But most people in this room have declared Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know the blood of the Lamb has cleansed you, cleansed me. And now we get to worship God, live with God, walk with God, walk with Jesus, walk with the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's also a second part. Is it to noise that Jesus is in the house? It's to noise that the testimony of our lives through Jesus. How do we show people how to be disciples? We tell them. How do we teach people, sorry? We show them. We show them how we walk through stuff. We show them how, how we hold ourselves, we carry ourselves when, when the fan is the hitter. We, we show how to live life. Do you get all wound up? Do you throw the toys out of your cot? Too many people don't nudge anyone right now, please. Do we react? Do we respond? You know, the greatest, one of the greatest things that the Lord has taught me to do, and I'm still learning, He's, me to, he's taught me to, to count to five because it stopped me reacting poorly. Because sometimes I need to count to 10. Don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. But I'm just sharing a testimony of how God's helping me walk through stuff. I can share many testimonies around finances, how God's all just constantly, constantly always been faithful. many testimonies around just trusting God with all my heart. I've got many testimonies. But it's about our fragrance, your fragrance. Last couple of scriptures and the guys don't have this. But we're real good at quoting this scripture. We're real good at it because I think there's a lean to the negative is a lean to the negative side of the Scripture. And the Scripture is, in Proverbs chapter 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Or there's power and death. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. 
we, we, we quote that scripture a lot, especially when someone's saying something negative. Oh, wash your, wash your mouth because you're speaking negative. You're speaking death. You're speaking blah, blah, blah. And that's true. We do do that. But I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if we actually flipped it around and declared in our spirit and in our heart that there's life in the power of the tongue, that there's life in our testimony, that there's life in our, in our hope, that there's life in our fragrance. I wonder what would happen. It's like, I mean, don't get me wrong, we've got to work on that negative stuff. But could we believe that there's power, there's life in the power of the tongue, not just death? We've got to give God some praise this morning. I wonder if we can jump to our feet, if that's okay. It's like Tammy said that earlier, and I tried, and I was like, oh. So it's all right if you're still, you're getting there. Come on, there's life in your testimony. There's life. There's a fragrance out of your life. Another scripture. And I want to speak to the oldest person in the church. I don't know. I'm talking to everyone. In, in Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. What a starting point. What a, what a starting point. That's, that's the starting point of, of our testimony. That's the starting point of our hope. That's the starting point of our language. That's the starting point of our fragrance. That's the starting point of our show. That's the starting point. It's not like, oh, he's a bit average, mediocre down here. No, oh Lord, oh Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. That's the starting point. That is the starting point. And I know... If you're getting a little bit older in this place, I'm catching up. But I know there's a whole lot of life happens and, and situations happen and disappointment and negativity and all that. And it, and it sort of drops that. But can I encourage you this morning? I need you. We need you as a church to keep your expectation high. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. Why? Because this, you have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Now the, the same scripture there where it says strength is you've taught children how to praise. There's a fragrance of praise. Open heaven, there was a fragrance of praise. You know, one of the greatest things that we saw at open heaven Someone even came up to me. It was one of the older, not the oldest, but the older. <laughs> I'm not looking at anyone right now. They came up to me and they were celebrating. They were celebrating all the young people down the front, jumping up and down. And there was a fragrance. There was a natural fragrance. But there was a spiritual fragrance as well. Why? Because... Not, old people didn't get boring. They didn't get disillusioned. They kept the, 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 mark, the, the, the starting point at the highest point. I want to tell you this morning, your fragrance, your show, your towel, it's got to start at the highest point. And this morning, we're just going to finish with the 
the second song, number two song. You already chose, chosen that one. But we're gonna, we're actually gonna just finish this service this morning with praise. And it's a ministry of praise this morning. It's a fragrance to say, you know what? I, I, I can let loose just a little bit. Maybe you've never clapped your hands. I encourage you, Jesus is worth clapping His hands for. Maybe you've never raised your voice, shouted, been expressive. Jesus is worth it. Why, why, why am I pushing this this morning in here? Because here's the thing. If we can't do it in the safest place possible, we're never going to do it out the doors. Oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens before we go into this praise song this morning. Maybe you're here and you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He won by the blood of the Lamb. He was the Lamb of God who take away, took away the sin of the world. He took away the sin of the world. My sin, your sin person in front of you, behind you, on the left and the right of you, at the back, at the front, person down in the cafe, person working in the Caltex, person at KFC for lunch. He took away everyone's sin by the blood of the Lamb. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning. Give your heart to Jesus. He died on the cross to redeem us from our sin and to start a relationship with us. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes right across the street? Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.